Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Good evening, River of Life. You know, I gotta, I gotta say that it's getting harder and harder to get up here and not fill all of my time that I've been allotted with um, just telling you all of the great things that God is doing. Um, uh, we, we gave over to over 60 kids, you guys did, in the giving tree. And so we had today, when I came in, there was presents all over the place and parents were coming and just story after story of how this church is meeting the needs of our community and just showing God's love. And, and then while that's going on, the food bank is going and over 50 families served today in the food bank and the clothing closet. And... Um, incredible. While that's all going on, I get a text from somebody and they say, hey, my, uh, my brother is in Deer Lodge and in the, in the prison there, and he's been watching uh, River of Life. And he said, and she said that while she was having a conversation with him, that come to find out that the way it works is they get these tablets that they're able to check out. If they want to watch movies or any of those kinds of things, it costs them credits in order to earn credits, they can do so by watching River of Life. I mean, I wouldn't, we couldn't even thought of that. Like, that's amazing. God is so good. And so just, I want to thank you for your faithfulness because I, it's just every week, it's like, God, you just keep showing up and showing off. And I think it's incredible. Amen. Amen. So thank you for that. And uh, if you've been with us over the last few weekends, you know that we've been in a series that we've called The Word Became Flesh. And I want to take just a few moments this evening before we lead into communion. And I want to just continue in this series. As we look at John chapter 1, verse 10, it says this, He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or a plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Let's pray. God, in the next few moments as we look at your word, so grateful to you, God, because you are so faithful to us. Lord Jesus, even when we've been not faithful to you, Lord, you, are, you always show up. You always, you always fight for us, and we, I'm so thankful for that. So Lord, those who are watching today in, in Star Valley and those who are watching in Malawi and those who are watching on the North Slope and those who will be picking up a tablet and, and watching this and those who are just at home today, I pray, Father God, that no matter where we are and those who are in this room who God are maybe in a place where they're, they're questioning and trying to figure out their faith journey, pray God, wherever we are, that God, each and every one of us will be drawn to you today. Lord Jesus, we trust you and we love you and we thank you. And we give you all the glory in Jesus' name, amen. amen. So the word then in this verse is not just some random statement or some minor aspect of God's character. It is a person 
who is one with God and who is a being and the person of the Messiah who walked with God in the Garden of Eden and later came to be a human here on earth. And it always amazes me, the thing that's so incredible about this book is that all the puzzle pieces, that as you begin to explore it, you'll begin to see, and that's what we've kind of tried to walk through over the last few weekends, is to understand how God was so good at foreshadowing the need for his son, but also his son in the Old Testament, and bringing that all the way through to his birth here on earth. And, and from there, then him talking about the Old Testament. Why? So that we know that the totality of Scripture is so important important in our faith journey. And so I just, I, I love this about God because he puts these little, what they would call maybe Easter eggs in the book so that you can kind of unwrap them and figure them out later on. And so today I want to just take a few moments as, as Jason just mentioned a few moments ago, we, this is the week of Christmas. And I know some of you right now that is stressing you out. Maybe you still have some of your Christmas shopping left to do. It's okay, put your hands up, don't be ashamed. Here's where you need to be ashamed. How many of you have all of your Christmas shopping left to do? Uh, oh boy. Buckle up. Um, so, so I wanna just take a few moments this evening and I wanna spend just some time looking at this because pre-Jesus, before Jesus came to earth, things were done in a very specific way. There was a, a very specific way that, that those who believed would have to experience or, or try to please God. And we see in Exodus chapter 40, verse 34, it says, the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of God filled the dwelling. Moses couldn't enter the tent of meeting because the cloud was upon it and the glory of God filled the dwelling. And then we look after Jesus in Colossians chapter one, verse 27, and it says this, to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of his mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So I want to take just a few moments and I want to look at this because before Jesus came, there was visitation by God. But once Jesus came, now there's habitation of God. And here's the deal. I know it's Christmas and I know that we can get wrapped up in all of our stuff. And even when we're putting together like what's going to happen on Christmas Eve and some of you are trying to make a plan and, and you're figuring out like, okay, if we make it to this gathering, then there'll still be enough time to, to go home and, and do this tradition or do that. And so it can just become a thing. But I, I was thinking about this this week as I was putting this message together about this idea of what it was like pre-Jesus. Can you imagine what it would be like for us as believers if we had to go and kill the firstborn spotted, unspot, spotless lamb in order for forgiveness of sins? Right, there's so much that had to happen and there's only certain people of certain bloodlines that could do certain things and all of those things, but God said, no, 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 I want access. I want everyone to have access and so when we see this little baby in the manger and we, we go, oh, that's cute and it's sweet and we love Jesus and it's good, what we need to understand is it unlocked something for us Amen. that we need to be so grateful for Amen. because he moved from this place of saying, I'm going to come and visit my people on occasion to I'm going to inhabit my people. And that should excite us. That should put us in a place where we are, we are more than excited about what God is doing. And so, so 
as I was thinking about this gift that was given, I wanted to just spend a few moments this evening, and I wanted I wanted to look at this because the, we should be more joyful uh, because we understand the depth of the gift that was given to us. And so, how can we show appreciation to God for sending His Son? There's a couple of things I want to just walk through real quick. First of all, we need to accept the gift. So if you're in the room today and you've not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's step number one. You need to come to a place where you go, okay, I understand that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's amazing love because I'll tell you right now, if I'm God, which you all should be grateful that I'm not, for many, many reasons. But if I'm God and I'm looking at the mess of this world, I'm thinking another flood needs to happen. That's kind of where I would probably be landing right now. But God is so gracious and he's so loving and he's so compassionate that he looks at you and he looks at me and he says, I paid the price. I sent my son so that you can have right relationship with me. And so the first step is accepting that gift. And if you've not done that, you're going to have an opportunity before we close out today to do just that. The second thing is you need to ex express praise through words and through deeds. So in other words, we need to, we need to be a people and a church and, a, and, and believers who, who we don't just say, oh yeah, I believe in God. And if somebody, if there's a box to check, I'll just check that little box. But praise needs to come from our mouths. Not just while we're in this room and while Seth's behind the guitar, but praise needs to come continually from our mouths. We need to be the people that are always paying attention to all the good that God is doing because I'm telling you right now, it's all around you. And we need to be speaking those praises. The third thing is we need to express it through deeds and that means we need to be obedient. So as I was thinking about this story, I think I shared this years ago, but when Shannon and I began to date, we, uh, we hadn't been dating for that long and the very first, the very first, um, thing that, would, that you'd buy gifts that came up after we started dating was my birthday. And so um, Shannon went and she bought like a lot of stuff. She bought these like $120 shoes for me. She bought all, so what she did was she set the standard, right? <laughs> Thank God my birthday was first. Thank goodness. Yeah, she was very smart. That may have been very, that, there may have been a little agenda there. I don't know. But she set that standard, and, she, and so from then on, we, I knew, okay, so birthday isn't like, you know, a box of chocolates and an Arby's coupon. I got to be like <laughs> stepping up the game a little bit. She set the bar, and the bar has been set high for us because God gave extravagantly. So when we talk about serving, the reason that we, we serve at this church is because, hey, God tells us to, but also to, because we've been given so much, right? Like, how do you express gratefulness and gratitude? It's through praise, it's through offering up worship, but it's also through showing that you appreciate. In Luke chapter 12, verse 48, it says this, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. 
And so as we look at this story, we need to understand unto us a son is given, right? We, we, know the, we know what's going on as we look at Christmas season, but we need to realize the, the amazing gift that's been given to us. And as we look at it in context with that verse, much has been given to us. If you're in this room and you've accepted Jesus into your heart, then you know that your sins have been forgiven. The nonsense that you've done prior to knowing Jesus, that's all been washed away. And you can still walk. And, and when you make mistakes, you know you can call on his name. And he's, he's faithful. And he's good. And he's forgiving. And he wants to do great things inside of you. And so he's given you. He continues to lavish amazing gifts on you. Can you imagine that my birthday comes? And my, or if the, first, if the first thing had been Christmas... So Shannon and I had to exchange presents. If she showed up and she spent hundreds of dollars on me and I showed up and, and you know, bought her a box of chocolates and a couple of flowers, how many of you know that isn't a really good exchange? I don't know that we would still be, no, we would, but that's not great, right? The, the amazing thing is, is God has showed us how generous he is. And so it shouldn't be that, oh, I feel guilty, so I need to. No, it should be out of this amazing love because I see how much you love me, that you would make a way for me to be able to come and to, and to, and to be in your presence. It's not a thing where only certain people and at certain times in the tent of meeting that the cloud would descend and all of these things have to happen exactly perfectly so that maybe we might get a glimpse of who God is. No, he said, no, I want to inhabit you. I want to be in you. I want to be with you. I want to walk it out with you. First Peter chapter one says this, because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. Now, <clears throat> I don't know about you, I don't know when you grew up if, if you had this experience, but at one point in my life, I was a kid and there was a family in the church and they would, because I was a pastor's kid, we, we'd sometimes get presents from people in the church as well. And so there was one family and they would usually, they would usually spend a, a good amount of money on, on my sister and I. And it was always, so there, all of a sudden there was this present under the tree and it was from them. So I had like these high expectations of what was coming. I know that sounds petty. <laughs> but I was a kid and that's when you're supposed to be petty. So So I was like, "Yes." And I opened it up inside of there was a savings bond. <laughs> Anybody in the room ever get a savings bond for something? So I'm looking at I'm like, "What? What is this?" And it's and I think it said 100 bucks on it if I remember correctly. And so I thought, "Oh, it's a check." Hundred bucks, yes. I'm going to I'm going to Toys R Us. How many of you remember Toys R Us? <laughs> yes. And then the adults in the room began to explain to me what a savings bond is. <laughs> Someday in your future, you'll get to, and this will be really good for you. How many of you know? When you're a kid, you ain't thinking about your future. Like, I, I want to do something with it now. Like, can we, can we trade it in for 75 bucks? Can we, like... So as I was thinking about that, though, I think that there's this idea sometimes when it comes to our faith, it's almost like it is a savings bond. It's no fun now, but it's a reward for your future. 
And that's a lie. That's not true. That's not what it's supposed to look like. Because we have everything according to that verse that we just read in Peter. We have everything to live for now plus a future in heaven. If your faith is a drag, then I'm just going to tell you right now, you're not doing it right. Because faith should not be a drag. Faith should not be something that you just suffer through so that someday you'll be able to go to heaven. This faith thing that we do in this room is not hell insurance. It's not. It's not, it's not that at all. In fact, what it's supposed to be is as we accept Christ into our life and we understand how much God loves us and, and Jesus comes and he, and he washes our sins away by, by his blood and his, and his dying on the cross, in that moment, then all of a sudden we should be grateful for what he's done and then it should change something in us so that we can begin to go, okay, God did this for me, so now what do I do? Why? Because all of a sudden what happens is what we were created for begins to breathe to life inside of us. And don't get me wrong, because I know that there are people in this room, and you serve so well. You, I've, got, I've got leaders in this room that you run ministries, and you work you work so hard. And I know that there are those days that, there, that you'll leave this parking lot and you're exhausted and you feel like, oh, did I really even make, was there even a difference that we made today? And I know those moments. I know them well. But I'll tell you this, then it's in those moments that all of a sudden you get, you get somebody that will place a phone call or you'll see somebody accept Jesus or, or all of a sudden someone will come and share a story. We had a, a lady that was coming here for a while and, and it was almost 10 years ago that our ministry that we don't even have anymore called Street Teams went and put a ramp in her yard. And, and, and we, she said something about being an atheist, all this stuff, and we just said, well, we'll just do it anyhow. And we saw nothing from it. And then, how long ago? A year and a half ago? About a year and a half ago, Monica started coming to church. And she just moved, but before she moved, she was coming every weekend to church. She was coming to a Rise women's group. She was doing all these things. And, and I didn't even know that. That's who it was. And she came up to us after one gathering. She said, do you remember that you guys put that ramp in at my house? I'm like, really? She's, and so I said, you got to go tell Bob because... I, I really did not a lot with that project. <laughs> it was back in the day where we didn't have any other workers, so they would still drag me along, but there wasn't a lot that I accomplished in that. I did take some really good pictures of it, if I remember correctly, but other than that, um, so I said, man, you got to go tell Bob that, but I know those moments where you feel like, oh, I don't know if it's worth it, but the thing is, is if we trust that this book is, is weaving the story throughout all of history, what you need to understand is when we become faithful in what God is asking us to do, he's doing the exact same thing because he's weaving things together that you don't see right now. But as you're faithful, God is going to continue to show up and he's going to show you and he's going to remind you and he's going to do incredible things that are bigger than you. And so if your faith journey is a drag, then you need to figure this out because it's not the way it's supposed to be. You can think of it this way because as we accept Christ, I heard a pastor say it this way one time. He said, you get your past forgiven, a, pers a purpose for living, and a home in heaven and that's quite a deal. Your past, your present, and your future are taken care of if you put your trust in Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 1, 
Verse 30 says this, everything that we have, right thinking and right living, a clean slate and a fresh start, comes from God by way of Jesus Christ. So as we look at this story, we need to understand that, that Jesus came on purpose and came with a reason so that you and I can have uh, this inhabitation. We want him to inhabit us. John chapter one, verse 14, this is the verse that we read earlier, but this is the message translation. And I love the way that it says it. It says, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. He saw the glory with his, with, we saw the glory with our own eyes, the one of a kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. The God of the universe sees you and he loves you and he has plans and dreams and desires for you. So I want to just, I want to go over a couple things for you. First of all, this gift that I'm talking about tonight brings us forgiveness from our past. So I think I shared this illustration quite a few years back, but imagine if this year you are sitting around your Christmas tree and your family and extended family, they're all around and, and you're, you're, you know, Uncle Bob shows up and, and he, he's sitting around the tree with you and, and he passes you an envelope and the first thing you like have a little PTSD because you're thinking, oh no, savings bond, right? <laughs> and you open up the letter and inside of that it says, this year I've done very well in my business and so what I'm doing is I'm canceling everybody's debt. So you just bring me all of, your, all of your debt that you have, your mortgage, your car note, your, your credit card bills, and you bring that to me and I'll pay them all off. How many of you want an Uncle Bob right now? Like, I don't know that there would be enough gratitude that you could, that you could show to Uncle Bob in that moment, right? Uh, what I hope you wouldn't do is, is then take the gift and then go and, and like rack up your credit cards more because see if he'll pay, you, pay it off again. But as we think about this, what I need you to understand is this gift that God brought us is this forgiveness and, he, and he's wiped our debt. He's cleansed us. So it's not because you've done anything to deserve it because you haven't. Neither have I. But it's because of his great love for us that he says, listen, I'm gonna pay the price and it was an expensive price. We need to not forget that. It cost a lot. But he did it because he loves you. The second thing about this gift is this gift comes with a purpose. I don't know if you've ever given your, your children a gift and they don't use it. Right? You give them a gift and, and the next thing you know it's just in the toy box or it's on the shelf. Or, or maybe they don't even open it out of the little, the little package. You know, I mean, so that's really not showing that they appreciated it, right? If all of a sudden they're just playing with the, you know, Amazon box that it came in and not playing with the $60 toy that you bought, then you know, okay, they didn't really appreciate that. Well, for us, what we need to understand is this gift comes with a purpose and our purpose as believers is to do what it says on that back wall and it says, make Jesus famous. That's our job. Like we accept Christ, which means we get the benefit of forgiveness, but inside of that, we also accept the purpose that he has for us. And for some of you, you need to understand that your purpose is not just to get up, get up every morning and, and go do your job and come home at night and just hope that you can pay your bills and survive. He's never, he's, he's never designed anybody to just survive. Yeah. 
God always wants you to thrive. He wants you to do things that are bigger than you. So if you're not in that space right now, and I, I know that there are many who are not at that place yet, can I tell you all you need to do is lean in and say, God, I know that you love me and I know that you have a purpose for me. I know that you have dreams and desires for me. And so God, I just need you to reveal them to me and I'm gonna just start walking and I'm gonna believe that you're gonna show up and you're gonna, you're gonna open up doors that, that I can do things that, are, that, that will blow my mind because that's the God that I serve. So this, the second thing is that the gift comes with a purpose. First Timothy chapter four, verse 16 says, keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. So in other words, as believers, we're charged with something here. We're charged to live this thing out. It's, it's not a, it's not a accept Jesus and then you can go live however you want and you're good. It's not what the verse says. The verse says, pay attention to how you're living. Watch for the sake of what? Your salvation. Uh, we're not going to get into the one saved, always saved thing here, but I'm going to just tell you right now that that verse does not support one saved, always saved. And, and for us, it, that actually shouldn't matter to us either way because we should always be pushing in. We should always be leaning in. So you can go, oh, I like, uh, you know, I, my doctrine's a little different. That's fine. You can be here and have that doctrine. All I'm saying is you should lean in to Jesus. And then it won't matter whether you believe that or you don't believe that because we're all pushing in to be more like Christ. Right. You will build your life on either the world or the word. And I'll tell you right now, the one that's going to scream the loudest at you is the world. The world is going to entice you. It's going to tell you, and you're going to be able to say, you're going to be in your mind, be able to go, well, I can have all this stuff and I can still have this. And I'm telling you, if you look at scripture, that doesn't work that way. It's instead, we're supposed to chase this. And then he says, then I'll give you the desires of your heart. All right, so we got to do it in the right order because if you're chasing the world, you won't get the word. But if you're chasing the word, then he'll give you the desires of your heart. So we got to do it in the right order. If you don't find God's definition of you, then the world is more than happy to define you. So how do we find God's definition? We, we dig into his word. We spend time in prayer. We spend time in worship and in praise. Some of the most, some of the most intense times that I'll have with God is actually while I'm driving in my car and I've just got worship music on. And all of a sudden, God will just begin to speak things to me and download things to me that I'm like, whoa, wow. But we have to leave ourselves with some space for him to be able to do that. And so inside of that, that's so important because the world will definitely do what, he, what it can to define you. But I'm so grateful because the God of the universe, he's the one who created you. So his definition is the only one that actually matters. So in a world without hope, we need to understand that number three, the gift gives us a future or hope. What a great gift. I mean, think about this. It's, it's Uncle Bob showing up and paying off all your debt. 
It's Uncle Bob then saying, hey, I actually started a business for you, and, uh, and you, you're going to be the president, the CEO. I got something great in store for you. And, and, so, and even your future, it's, it's mapped out for you. You're going to do great. Like, imagine that. That's what this gift is. It's wiping away my debt and it's saying, I've created you with a purpose, so come in alignment with that and watch what we can do together. And with that, then that brings me hope because my my future is not dependent on on this world. My future is not dependent on who holds whatever office. My future is not dependent on, on the dollar or this economy or whatever. My future isn't dependent on that because my future is in his hands because that's where my hope lies. I think for many of us, what we need to understand, some of us, you sit in this room and you've, you've been in church for a long time. You've accepted Christ maybe, maybe months, years ago. And you, um, this is all like, old hat to you. But what I want you to hear from me today, if that's you, if you're sitting in, you're like, yeah, I'm on the journey, Jason, and I understand that God has a purpose for me, and I'm working on it, and I'm, I'm trying, and, and it's going to be really good, and all this stuff. What you need to understand is part of your purpose is to show other people who Jesus is. So again, I'm coming back to Christmas Eve because you have an opportunity that really comes twice a year. And it's an opportunity where you get to invite somebody to church so that they can hear about this. Because there's a lot of people with preconceived notions, but how many of you know, I hope that when when somebody like that comes into River, that first of all, they feel something different, they see something different, and then they hear something different. Because many people are afraid of church because they're afraid they're gonna be told how lousy they are. And that's not what God wants them to hear. God loves them and has dreams and plans for them. I tell you, I, I just love it because um, Tiana and Mac, Tiana works here at the church and she came into my office yesterday and her little boy Huck is in the play tomorrow. And uh, so they stopped to get coffee on their way back to the church. It was early out for him. So she stopped and got coffee and it's, it must be a place that they go to fairly regularly. But Huck, how old is Huck? Do you know? Six? He, he yells out to the, to the barista, the gal behind the counter, and he said, hey, I'm in a play tomorrow. You want to come? <laughs> and so she said, oh, well, where's your play? And he said, it's at River of Life. And she said, oh, out in East Missoula? And he goes, he goes yeah. And then Tiana goes, well, it's at 1030 on Sunday morning. And, uh, and she goes, yeah, I would love to come. <laughs> and uh, so Tiana said, well, if, you, if, if you're serious, then I'll save you a seat and you can come and sit with us. And so she said, absolutely, I'll come. So she's gonna be here tomorrow morning because a little six-year-old taught us how to do it. Don't let him show you up. The gift starts with God becoming flesh to be with his creation. And it continues to the greatest sacrifice this world has ever seen. The gift is bigger and better than anything we could ever, ever do. And so I thought it would be appropriate for us during this time to spend a little bit of time appreciating what God's done for us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
Jesus came to his creation and he said, not only am I gonna come and, and visit, I'm not gonna just come and be here for this, this 33 years and, and, then, and then it will go back to the way it was. He said, I'm gonna come and it's gonna change everything. I'm gonna come and, and I'm gonna do something that no one would ever see coming, including Satan. When he died on that cross, there's no doubt that Satan was ecstatic. I did it. I took him out. The very son of God, I handled it. And then three days later, that stone rolls away. And he realizes that the biggest victory that could ever be won was just one. And he didn't see it coming. Because God so loves you. He so cares about you. He wants you to know him, not because he wants you to have to follow a bunch of rules and regulations. Because some of you, maybe you sit here today and you're like, man, I don't want to be a part of religion and nonsense and, and have people tell me all this stuff I'm doing wrong because I already feel bad enough about myself as it is. Can I just tell you right now, that is not what Jesus came for. Jesus did not come to make you feel bad about yourself. He came to say, I love you, even though you're a mess. And he doesn't say, clean yourself up and then I'll love you. He says, I love you right where you are, because that's who he is. So tonight, if you're here and you would say, you know, Jason, I don't, I don't really have a relationship with Jesus right now. I'm gonna ask everybody in the room to just close your eyes with me for a few moments. Before we go to the communion table, I just want to give you an opportunity because I believe that there are maybe many of you in this room today that if you were honest, you'd say, you know, Jason, I don't have that right relationship. Maybe you've, you've been raised in a, in a church at some point and you did feel like it's just a bunch of people who are hypocritical, who are pretending they got their stuff together and they don't really have their stuff together, but they like to preach at each other about how good they are and how bad everybody else is. And I'm telling you right now, I'm sorry if that happened to you because that's not the gospel. That's not what Jesus looks like. Jesus would go to the worst of sinners and he would tell them that he loved them he would speak to them. He would share with them. He would love them right where they are. He'd forgive them. So maybe you're here and you're like, man, I'm, I'm a mess and there's no way that anybody would ever accept me, especially God. And that's what I'm telling you today is that's what this gift is. It's him saying, this is how much I love you. So if you're here and you don't have a right relationship with God, maybe you've had one in the past, but you know you're not serving him right now. Or maybe you've never made this decision. Tonight I wanna challenge you because if you'll just say, yeah, I'm gonna follow him. In that moment, we're gonna pray a prayer together. And, and when we do that, it's, it's gonna be this moment where this gift that I'm talking about of forgiveness, of canceling your debt, it will happen in that moment. So if you're in, the, in this room today or you're watching online and you just be honest and say, you know, I'm, I'm not there. I haven't been following him. If you're here in this room, would you do me a favor and just lift up your hand and catch my eye? Because I, I want to pray with you before we leave today, if that's you. 
Is there anybody like that at all that would just say, Jason, I want to make my relationship right with God? Okay, I see you back there. Thank you for your honesty. Yeah, thank you. Okay, thank you back there. Appreciate that. Is there somebody else that would just say, you know, Jason, that's kind of where I'm at. I don't really understand the gift, but now that I do, I want it. I want to accept it. I want to trust him. For some of you, there's trust issues. You've been burned. Maybe you've been burned by the church. This isn't about joining River of Life. This is about saying yes to Jesus. And he will not burn you. He will not disappoint you. He will not let you down. People will. Churches might. He won't. Is there anybody else that would say, yeah, I want that? tonight before we leave. I just want to pray with you before, before you go. One more moment. Maybe tonight you didn't have the courage to raise your hand, but you know you need to make your relationship right with God. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask everybody in the room, whether you raised your hand or you didn't, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with us. Here's the deal. If you pray this prayer and you mean what you're saying, it's this moment where you're saying, I accept the gift. I believe that Jesus is who he says that he is. I believe that he did come as a baby. He grew up to be a man. He died on a cross. And because of that, he paid the price for all of my sin and all of my junk. And so I'm accepting it. And also what you're saying is, and I'm going to follow him. Doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. Trust me just means you're watching him and you're moving towards him in all that you can do. So I'm going to ask everybody, whether you raise your hand or, you're, or you didn't, let's all pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I thank you for your grace. I'm so grateful that you're merciful. Today I ask that you would forgive me of my sin. Help me to follow you. Lord, I want your purpose in my life. I want to learn to trust you more. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, can I just say welcome to the family? Will you give them a round of applause? And I'll just say this. You prayed the prayer. That's step number one. You accepted the gift. Step two is understanding that he has a purpose for your life. He won't hide it from you. He's a God who wants you to know it because he wants you to do it. So you begin to get into his word. You begin to pray and ask him and he will show himself. He is so faithful. So now as we just spend the next few moments in a little bit more worship, we're going to take communion together. And if you're new to River, we do it. We've been doing it this way for a little while. We'll eventually move back to the other way we did communion. But I'd just like to mention that there's two little taps here. One will get you to the wafer. One will get you to the juice. But on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he said, this is my body that was broken for you. Jesus knew that it was coming. He understood that there was a reason that he came. And so he knew that, that it was just a moment, a matter of hours before he would be put on trial and he would, he would eventually be brought to a place where they would beat him and whip him and bring him to a place where they'd put him on the cross. 
See, when I talk about the great gift that was given, it's more than you and I could ever comprehend. That Jesus would allow himself. The Bible says that he could have called 10,000 angels. I don't know how he didn't, honestly. I don't, I don't know how going through the most torturous death imaginable. And he felt it all. People can say, oh, he's God. So No, he felt it all. And I don't know how you, you get hung on that cross, mocked, spit at, whipped, beaten, all that. And you have the ability within you to say, God, send them. And legions would have come. They would have wiped out the Roman army. They would have taken their God from the cross. They would have tended to him. They would have done what any of us would have wanted to be done to us in that moment. But Jesus' love held him to that cross. Because he loves you so very much. So when you take this today, what I want you to understand is this amazing gift that God sent. It's a love that you and I can't even begin to wrap our minds around. So in just a few moments, we're going to have some worship and you'll have the ability to just take communion on your own. But when you take that bread, you're, you're reminding yourself of his body that was broken for you. And then when you drink that cup, what you're saying is, God, I, rec I recognize that you allowed your blood to be poured out so that I can be here today and I'm a mess and I've done stupid and I keep doing it but you give me forgiveness because of that blood you made a way so that we don't have to go through all the rituals and all the things that they used to have to do you made a way so that all I have to do is call on your name and you're there and you're in me and you're with me it's amazing it's the best gift ever so as we step into a season where we're going to buy and receive and all that stuff, don't you dare forget the best gift that you ever got. So tonight, let's just take some time to thank him, to worship him, and to take communion together. God, we are so grateful for the gift that you've given us. And so Father, right now, we just pray that you would bless this time of communion. That, God, we will not take it lightly. We will understand the importance of what we're doing tonight. God, we thank you for your body that was broken for us and for your blood that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. So, Lord Jesus, tonight, we, we stand and sit before you grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. You can take communion whenever you're ready. Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks. Thanks.